Stonegate Church, thanks for joining us for another episode of Life Around Stonegate, where we want to celebrate uh, the things that the Lord's doing around our church as we continue to cultivate those things that the Lord's doing around our church, and also uh, just get to know uh, key folks around our church to hear their stories and hear what the Lord's done in their lives. And I actually just want to put on your radar that you can now find this in podcast form. You can go to Apple or Spotify, any one of them, just search Life Around Stonegate. And uh, instead of just watching this only on video, you could listen to this on your commute and uh, be blessed by that. We'll also, uh, starting next week, most weeks have the Sunday Plus podcast up and running, which is on Apple and Spotify as well, which is usually just us adding more discussion from uh, the sermons on Sunday. So uh, today I have one of my uh, favorite people in all of Stonegate with me. So the Brandon Curran. So he's with me today and he has become... Uh, one of my closest friends around Stonegate over the last couple of years, and we are so blessed to have him at Stonegate. And if you don't know Brandon, uh, one, you should, but today you're going to get a little bit of a chance to, uh, to get to know him a little bit as we hear some of his stories. So, um, Brandon, tell us a little bit how you originally got to, to Stonegate. I mean, you guys been, you were around in some of the early days, yeah. and then you were away for a little bit, and then we, we kind of drew you back. We yes. Kind of, yeah, we kind of brought you back. Yeah, we so tell were us about around. the first stint. Yeah, yeah, we were around. Uh, we got here December of 2009, so just probably wow. five months after uh, Stonegate had planted, uh, or maybe even less than that. And uh, it was one of those deals where we walk in, worship music's playing. I look over at my wife Jen, who's now the director of women's ministries here, and she's crying. Wow. <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, "You know, this is where we're supposed to be." So she knew right away. She knew right away that yeah. this this was home, yeah. and. Uh, then she she got me to go to a home group, a home um, okay, what we would call a community yeah. group. Did uh, she have to twist your arm? Or you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the crazy thing is that is my role here now. I serve as the group's pastor, but back then it was like, uh, why do we have to do that? You know, <laughs> I already went to church. Yeah, yeah we went to church on yeah. Sunday morning. Uh, but what I didn't realize then, and I should have realized when Jen and I got married. And she had all of her bridesmaids, and there were, you know, like 10 of them. And she's like, who are your groomsmen? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and it was hard for me to pick one, you yeah. know, because uh, I just didn't have that many close friends and, and really realized I didn't have a lot of community at yeah, all. Wow. Uh, and certainly didn't have any, uh, any Christian community. Uh, I even remember, um, you know, before uh, I met Jen and, and we started dating and things like that, I was previously married. And uh, when my previous marriage fell apart mm. uh the night it fell apart i didn't have anywhere to go wow. and i went yeah. to i went to my work <laughs> wow. and my boss at the time uh who's who's the head coach at dallas baptist university now blake flickner i used to coach college basketball he uh he was the one that you know prayed with me that night and encouraged me that night mm. things like that and there was mm. no there was no other church community around me and no yeah. christian community around me so uh Learned my lesson, uh, went to, to a home group, and uh, I remember right away it was uh, it was different. Yeah. Um, we Rod Rodney Hobbs, our lead pastor, was the leader of our home group. He was your home group leader. He was yeah. our home group leader, and uh, it was. How was he? Was he okay? Or he did yeah. a pretty good job. Okay. You know, he kind of set right. the standard. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember <laughs> shortly after starting to go, and it had, we had only gone, you know, three or four times, mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, one night. We, we do, you know, we do some prayer and some Bible study, and then we split up, and the men went in one room, and the ladies stayed in the living room. And I remember uh, it's the first time I've experienced anything like this. He looks at one of the guys in the group, and he says, uh, did you look at porn this week? Mm-hmm. 
And my immediate reaction was like, oh man, this is what we're doing here? Like, this just got real, you yeah. know? And uh, that had been my deep, dark secret for 22 years, from the time I was 10 years old until 32 years old. Uh, so, you know, just a couple years previous was when I had kind of been freed from that. Yeah. Uh, but lust and that type of thing was still a temptation in my life. And uh, the amazing thing was the guy that he looked at and asked a question was like, yes, I, I did. Mm -hmm. And then answered questions about that. And uh, all of a sudden I realized like the way we do community here is, is a lot different yeah. and it's real and uh, it matters. Yeah. And uh, the amazing thing from it, watching this guy confess and then be met with grace. And it's like, dude, we struggle. It's hard. Like it's, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Um, and you had grown up in church. Uh, I did. Yeah, so, yeah I so, did. But this was new out. for you. You're at, totally working at a new. Christian university. Yeah, going to the Christian that. university yeah. things and yeah. worked in private education for a long time. Yeah. This was completely new. And uh, the amazing thing was through that experience, uh, I started to understand why I had had the temptation to look at pornography and how it related to a false identity that I had not as a child of God, not uh, in Christ, and uh, found much more freedom uh, over the next, you know, 13 years than I did uh, just by stopping, you know. Uh, so, yeah, so those were the early days of Stonegate. And then little did I know, you know, a few months later, Rod asked if I would consider leading a home group. And so my wife and I did that. And uh, it was like the home group of, of hard marriages, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting how God uh, uses our affliction to comfort other people. You know, I had gone through a divorce and now these people were in the midst of infidelity and different things like yeah. that. And uh, so the Lord helped use my story to minister to those people. And uh, by God's grace, we saw a lot of healing and restoration and reconciliation, uh, just as the Spirit was present and working. Mm -hmm. So those were kind of early days in Stonegate. And then uh, my wife, Jen, got super involved. Mm -hmm. uh, she was a director of women's ministries back then in around 2012, 2013. Uh, and then at one time she was director of kids ministry yeah. and she's huge into event planning. So we were really in uh, to Stonegate. Yeah. And uh, it, it sounds like it really had a big impact on you guys. Huge. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think about when I got here in 2009 to where I am today uh, in my walk with the Lord and as a man of God and a son of God uh, and an understanding of identity and a deeper personal relationship with the Lord. I'm a different person than I was in 2009. Mm. And uh, just what the Lord has done here has been truly remarkable. And uh, so we were, you know, we were in. Yeah. And then in 2016, the Lord called us away. Yeah. And uh, we moved out to uh, East Texas. And I was the head coach at a university out there, East Texas Baptist University, coaching basketball. And uh, I did a dangerous thing. <laughs> <laughs> I started spending time uh, in silence uh, listening to the Holy Spirit and listening to the Lord. And uh, the Lord did some really remarkable things. And, and one of the disciplines that I cultivated every day while I was out there was just sitting still before the Lord every day and asking him, what do you want me to know today? And what do you want me to do today? How did you create that discipline? Like what prompted that? You're not doing that in your life. And then to just pick up that discipline yeah. and begin to practice that. What, what led to that? Uh, well, it was interesting. Um, I started to wonder and just had the question of what role does the Holy Spirit play in the life of a believer? And uh, I started to read and listen to teachers and things like that on that topic. And I actually came back. This was the summer of 2017, came back to Dallas uh, for a recruiting event. 
And a friend of mine, Travis Wyckoff, who used yeah. to be the group's pastor here at Stonegate, who's now one of our elders, yeah. uh, was going through the same thing. Hmm. He was studying the same thing. And so we kind of went on a journey together. Uh, and it was neat. The Lord connected us at ETBU again when mm-hmm. Travis started coming in as a consultant for how do you coach a program in the kingdom of God, essentially, yeah. was what he was doing. Uh, and I was wondering the same thing, like, yeah. what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And so we started spending time exploring the Holy Spirit, sitting in silence, listening to the Lord, asking the Lord specifically, how do I do coaching as ministry? How do I pastor as a coach? Yeah. And uh I started asking the Lord those questions every morning and writing down what I felt like uh, the Lord was saying and ideas that I was getting, scriptures that he was referring me to, things I felt like he was prompting me to do, conversations I felt like he was prompting me to have, and uh, amazing things started happening. I mean, I had been in uh, coaching at that point for 20 years, been trying to share my faith and do coaching as a ministry for 20 years, and I never saw a single player in one of my programs come to faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had seen them grow in personal self-discipline and maybe some character things, integrity, uh, good habits, but no one ever changed for eternity. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just a really incredible experience as I listened to the Lord and then did what I felt like he was prompting me to do. uh, I saw my entire team either gave their life to the Lord, came to faith, rededicated their life to the Lord, uh, or committed their life to vocational ministry. Uh, I saw students in some of my classes would just walk in my office and break down and confess and give their life to the Lord. Uh, parents of players uh, were, were surrendering to the Lord. I mean, it was, it was amazing, and I couldn't take credit for any of it because I was just listening to the Holy Spirit and doing what I felt like the Lord was prompting me to do and uh, was seeing all of this fruit. Right. And uh, so really yeah. a miraculous thing. And it's like, wow, this is real. Mm -hmm. Uh, I even came back and visited with uh, Rodney while he was on sabbatical. I spent two days with him at at a lake house. And I was like, Rod, is this what it's like (laughs) to like walk in the spirit and like listen to the Lord and have a personal relationship Mm -hmm. with him? And Rod's like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, this is awesome. You know? And uh, as I was going through that, I did have the thought, okay, if, if this is real and the Holy Spirit prompts us and leads us like this and uh, guides us like this, the Lord could ask me to do something I really don't want to do. Mm. And uh, that was a scary thing. And at the time, I was getting my team ready to go to Israel. And for some reason, a lot of the things uh, around me uh, were uh, ministering. It was like I was reading and getting a lot of messages from people about ministering to Muslims. Mm. And I thought, well, we're about to take our team to Israel about a third of the population is, is Muslim Arab, there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I thought, uh, well, maybe there'll be opportunities to interact. But at the same time, it's like we're going to be right near Syria. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just don't want the Lord to tell me to go be a missionary yeah, in the Middle East. Like, that seemed <laughs> yeah. really scary, yeah. you know. Uh, but what was interesting went through. Nothing like that happened. Uh, but what did happen uh, was uh, before my before the summer of 2019, uh, the Lord kept prompting me during that quiet time. Uh, as I was asking the Lord, what do you want me to know today? What do you want me to do today? Uh, the scripture, uh, Matthew, I think it's Matthew 19, uh, the rich young ruler yeah. kept coming to mind. Amen. Uh, where the rich young ruler uh, comes to Jesus says, you know, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus says, sell all you have, give to the poor, and come follow me. And it says the rich young ruler went away sad because he had great possessions. Mm. And uh, I, uh, I started looking at our finances, and I was talking to Jen, and I was talking to Travis. Uh, Jen's my wife, Travis, our friend. And, uh, you know, I feel like we're generous. I feel like we're tithing regularly. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know why the Lord keeps bringing this up. And it was like a couple times a month. It mm-hmm. would just as I'm sitting there in silence, asking the Lord those questions, that scripture just keeps coming to mind. And uh, I still remember it was uh, we started practice uh, that October of 2019 on October 15th. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of at the height of my career. Uh, had had a lot of honors and awards that summer. And uh, our team was going to be really good at, at East Texas Baptist. And uh, Rod calls me on October 17th, so just three days after practice started. Uh, and he says, uh, you tired of coaching yet? You should come back to Midlothian. <laughs> and I, like, laughed. And I was like, well, you know, do you have a job open? And uh, he says, yeah. He says, uh, you know, we would, we would like for you to come and serve as our group's director. And uh, so I told him I would pray about it, got off the phone with him, and uh, for three days— uh, sat with the Lord about it and uh, just asked, you know, what do you want me mm-hmm. to know about this? And uh, the Lord definitely started stirring something. And I remember, you know, three days after he had asked me, uh, Jen and I had just gone to church. We came home, we had lunch, and I was so nauseous I couldn't eat. And uh, I said, I think I need to call Rod mm-hmm. and ask him about, you know, this position. Like, what does a pastor do all day? <laughs> For example, it's one thing. <laughs> a great question. You know, yeah, huh? is, that was yeah. first thing. Uh, which I've learned, by the yeah. way, it's a lot. There is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, so I call him. We talk for like an hour. Uh, and Jen joked when I told him I needed to call. She's like, why? So you can tell him no? And I said, no, I feel like the spirit might be prompting that I'm supposed to tell him yes. Uh, but I just, I've got some questions. And so call, we talk, I get off the phone. And I felt really strongly just in my heart, in my gut. I thought the spirit was leading me to do it. Um, and so I told Jen, she said, what do you think? And I said, I think the Lord might be telling us to do this. And she said, uh, well, you need to be sure. Like, you need to spend time with the Lord. You need to ask him. Yeah. You know, you need to bring it before community, which I had done. Uh, and uh, so the next morning, I still remember, uh, the next morning I get up. It's Monday morning. I'm sitting at my dining room table where I sat every morning with my journal open. And I said, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to know about this position? And I, it was just a flood. The rich young ruler came to mind. Yeah. And, you saw the uh, connection. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the rich young ruler came to mind. And vi- clear as day, I still remember, the Holy Spirit said, um, your most valuable possession is not your finances. It's your career. Will you lay it down? And uh, I just started sobbing mm-hmm. at the table, just sobbing. Uh, and it, my career, um, apart from my wife and my kids, uh, probably was my most valuable thing. And I, and I definitely, uh, in, in my past and even now, still struggle at times finding identity in what I do. Yeah. And uh, it, it just felt like a lot to ask. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, sell all you have and come follow me. Totally. And uh, so I remember just crying and I actually went in and I woke Jen up and I was like, I told her what I felt like the Lord had said. And I was like, I think we're supposed to do it. And uh, she said, well, it's completely different. It was, you know, at that time we had just moved into a building. It was 2200. Yeah. When I left, it was 750 and we were in a conference center. She yeah. said, I think you need to go see it. Yeah. You wouldn't take any other job without going to visit. And I said, yeah, okay. So we came a couple weeks later to visit. Um, and I had asked the Lord before I got here, uh, Father, if this is where you want us to be, give me an affection for your people here. And I remember we walked in and we were sitting on the right side of the auditorium as you face the stage. And I was looking around and, uh, just like when we came in 2009, standing there in worship. And I'm going to get teary even talking about it now. Uh, the tears just started flowing. And uh, I remember the Lord said, um, 
shepherd my flock. Yeah. And uh, I looked at Jen and I said, oh, I think we're supposed to do this. Can we do this? And she looked at me and she said, yeah, we can do this. And uh, it was amazing because she wasn't flourishing at ETBU. Mm-hmm. She was a director of women's ministries there also, but she had lost a lot of her community right. uh, that she had here so strongly yep. and that we both had. And uh, so for her to be originally like, I don't, I don't know if we should, when mm-hmm. she's in the desert, right. uh, said a lot about just how much she was willing to sacrifice and go through suffering for our family. And uh, then when I asked her, you know, can we do this? And she said, yes. And then we met with Rod and Laura afterwards and like, you know, we're in. Um, I knew it was going to be great for her because she loves Stonegate and I love Stonegate. And uh, Stonegate recognizes uh, Jen's gifts Mm -hmm. uh, just as a minister to women and an event coordinator and a visionary and a creative. And uh, yeah, we just had the table like last week and a couple hundred women were here. Yeah. And uh, Jen was teaching the Bible. Yeah. And uh, I mean, this bu- this building was decked out in pink and yeah. it was a soiree. And, yeah, and the end of that. summer soiree. So and she, she did make the comment. <laughs> so. She said, I've been here now for four years and this is the first pink event I've done. I love so. it. Yeah. <laughs> and she really is one of a kind. And yeah. uh, I just so admire and appreciate uh, the skills and the heart yeah. that she has too. She does such a good job leading the women around Stonegate. Yep. And I think Stonegate was healing for her. Uh, our first time around in recognizing those gifts. And she is, uh, if you're an Enneagram person, she's an eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's uh, she's strong, mm-hmm. uh, which I love. And uh, Stonegate recognized those things and affirmed her giftings and puts her in lanes where she can flourish. And so uh, the funny thing is, you know, when we follow the Lord in obedience, yes, uh, it, can, it can lead to suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were certainly things in leaving that, uh, past life that we loved and enjoyed walking into a new vocation um, that were hard. But man, it has been incredible. Yeah. yeah and I remember some of that season, um, you know, because you were you were doing great where you're at. You're making the playoffs. Your team set up really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're just having a great time. It was such a great fit for who the Lord's made. You're a great coach by nature. Mm-hmm. And so and you love basketball and your family was doing well with it. Yeah. So to make that transition and then it was right as COVID was starting. Right. So I remember your first couple of months on staff, you weren't even here. Right. So yeah. you were just trying to figure it all right. out yeah. and meeting with people on Zoom. And yes, there were so many uh, just I think even initially uh, things that probably had to be difficult for you as yeah. you're just making such a big adjustment in life. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, but the Lord was gracious in medicine, and it's been a year, uh, four years of incredible growth uh, and learning a lot. And even now, I think about uh, just kind of what the Lord has done in me over the last three and a half years. Uh, even just the leader that I am now versus the 100%. leader that I was then. Yeah. Uh, the Lord has just grown me a lot. Yeah. Well, I remember that when we first started working together, we met together like every week. And uh, I was, I know after a while, you got tired of me putting books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> your yeah. on your table but quickly you began i mean you're a bit of a bookworm yourself so you began to like just read almost things i hadn't read and we're, we're just <laughs> you're such a, a devoted learner yeah. and student and it has been fun to just watch you grow so much yeah. so along the way well one of the things that i was excited about coming here uh i watched as when jen was on staff before i watched the job uh that rodney and travis and dan hutchins and some of those people uh, did developing leaders. Uh, and I mean, I learned a ton learning from Jen. Uh, and so even the cultural axioms that we have here on staff at Stonegate, I implemented those with uh, our college basketball program. Wow. 
Um, and so when I was coming back here, one of the things I was excited about was just the opportunity to learn from guys like you and Rodney and Jimmy. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's been, it's been fantastic. It's been yeah. great. We've had some amazing conversations and fun times over the yeah. years. So it's and really, really in the three yeah. and a half years, the only time I remember uh, probably October of 2020, <laughs> kind of in the middle of the <laughs> pandemic, uh, and plus the politics and the racial relations and everything that was going on, I got COVID. And uh, at the time, I was uh, living across the street at the Red House. And I do remember laying there at that time, looking at the ceiling, going, I think I ruined my life. Yeah. But that was the only moment in the last three and a half years that I felt I that way. you coming to yeah. tell me that day. It's been, it's been, it's actually been uh, extremely rewarding. And I've actually told Jen and, and a lot of my friends in coaching, uh, apart from the Lord asking me to do it, I wouldn't want to go back, yeah. which is crazy because... I loved what I did. Yeah, and you were really gifted. I mean, yeah. you're super competent and knowledgeable and all of that. So Thank you. But, I mean, it's honestly been a joy for me to watch just the impact you've had at Stonegate. Yeah. I mean, you have led uh, – you're up here all the time facilitating, fostering, creating community, mm -hmm. uh, helping people. Just like what you were saying in 2009 happened for you, for them to step right. into places of honesty maybe for yeah. the first time, confessing of sin, experiencing freedom, walking yeah. in the light. Yeah. receiving grace on their life. And I've just seen the Lord use you to do that. And it's been a tremendous blessing around our church. Well, thank you. Well, so. community is is life-changing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, the book of Hebrews makes it really clear that we need it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, you know, we can have sinful, unbelieving hearts causing us to fall away from the living God. And yeah. uh, the Lord says, encourage one another every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so we want to encourage one another in community. We want to pray for one another in community. And so that's what we're asking our yeah community groups to do here. What would you say to that person who's maybe listening or maybe someone that was very similar to you in 2009 of like, I came to church on Sunday. Like, yeah. do, do I really got to do that other thing? Do I really got to go to a group now? Or is it really worth it? Like, I mean, yeah. what would you say to you in that moment? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Probably uh, a lot, but yeah. yeah. In short, I would say, uh, number one, you just don't know what you're missing. Uh, it is, it is one of the means of grace that God, God gives us to transform us. Uh, and, you know, we have we have no part in our justification and our salvation. That is all grace. God yeah. does it. But in our sanctification and our becoming uh, Christ-likeness, uh, it's like the farmer and that's, that's plowing the field. He's got to plow the field. He's got to plant the seed. He's got to cultivate the soil. He's got to do all those things. But he's completely dependent on right. the Lord to do the work, to water it and give it sunshine and all of those things. And that's not me saying that. That's Jerry Bridges yeah. <laughs> from his book, Pursuit of Holiness. Uh, but community is one of those means that the Lord uses to transform us and love one another and care for one another. And you're really missing a huge component of life with Christ uh, if you don't have it. Yeah. You know, in fact, I would go so far as to say it's it's. You can't really be a disciple apart from community. Mm -hmm. I, no, I, I, I think it'd be hard to argue with that. And I think one of the obstacles a lot of us have is um, we, we, let's, we let ourselves stall out at that initial spot of maybe the first time going to a group feels a little awkward Absolutely. or difficult or something like that. And I just feel like sometimes we give up too quickly mm -hmm. or we give up right before it's about to get good. Yeah. And so I think maybe it's an encouragement for all of us to like, man, that community, uh, it, it really is what you make of it. Right. Put an investment into it. So even if those first few times are like, oh, do I really have to go or can I show up? Or like, are these people going to be good? Is it going to work? Just yeah. be willing to stay and committed to yeah. it. And I would say, too, I, the, a thing that I hear a lot is I don't have time. Mm. And uh, 
It's just not true. What the reality is, I'm not willing to make it a priority. Yeah, that's right. that's the reality. Yeah. I mean, I was I was coaching college basketball. I was traveling every week. I was recruiting. I was doing all those things. I mean, the, the coaching profession has one of the highest divorce rates in the country because of the pressure that it puts on a family because you're gone and things like that. And uh, I, I kind of go back to if I could do it, you can do it. Uh, but you do have to make it a priority. You do. Um, and you have to say no to some other things. And I encourage the people that come to Group Connect on Sunday morning, which is where we get people in groups and form right. groups and things like that. I encourage them with, like, you're committed to attending worship on Sunday mornings. The next highest priority is community group during the week. Yeah. You just have to make it a priority and be willing to say no to other things. And the Lord will honor that. Yeah. And if you're interested in Group Connect, you can go to stonegate.church to find out more about it. But right now, it's uh, we're, we're doing that every Sunday morning. Uh, yes. And it's a it, we're trying to help people create those community groups. Yes. And so we, we launched seven out of last month alone, and we've got more folks coming this next month, and it's really yeah. exciting to see that. So. Yeah, we launched seven on Sunday, and we started a new round of Group Connect on Sunday that's got eight more groups now. Uh, and so those will launch out in October. And uh, we'll start another one the first Sunday in October, and you can register for that one right now and jump into that. Super cool. Yeah. And then uh, another area that you provide a lot of leadership around Stonegate is our men's ministry. Mm -hmm. So we have a men's, a men's night. Men's night. Is that men's night? Is that right, Austin? It's men's, men's night. Okay, I figured we just ask off. Men's night uh, coming up. Yep. You want to tell us the details on that a little bit? Yep. Thursday, September twenty first. Right, Austin? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thursday, September twenty first. Uh, doors open at five o'clock. We're gonna have lots of games, activities. Mm -hmm. I think there's gonna be classic cars here for you guys that are interested in those things. We're gonna have barbecue. Uh, J.R. Vassar is coming to speak. And uh, JR is the pastor at Church of the Cross up in Grapevine. He came and spoke at one of our very first uh, men's training days back in, you know, 2011, 2012. Uh, and at that time I was wrestling with identity and what I do and things like that. And man, his, his talk was so impactful. And uh, so I'm really excited that he's coming back here. Uh, he's going to talk about God's design of us and how uh, we should run after that with uh, drive and intentionality and what that looks like. So I think it's gonna be a great night for the men, great opportunity to meet other guys, yeah. uh, talk about the opportunities we have for community, for men, and uh, get people to jump into those things. So it's Thursday, September 21st, five o'clock. Please do sign up and come join us. It'll be a great night. And I do wanna give a shout out to Rory, Rory McKinney yeah. and Joey Attaway, yes. groups associate and groups intern. Uh, they are the ones that are running uh, Men's Night, and they do a fantastic job. They really do. Uh, could not do what I do without those guys. Absolutely. I, I just feel compelled to ask you this. If, if there's one thing you'd like to say to the men around Stonegate, you know, I, I, there's always sometimes that stereotype inside church world, like if you put on a, the women's ministry event, you're just going to have a couple hundred, maybe it's just harder for guys. And I'm just wondering uh, your thoughts on that. Like why sometimes that, is that more difficult, or what, what do you feel like we as men need to hear as far as the importance of us showing up to these kind of things, of creating community, of being willing to go, yeah, I'm not just going to stay home and watch another football game, but I'm going to come and meet some other guys yeah. and uh, and hear God's word taught. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, there's obviously the command that the Lord says to that you should be in community. Yeah. Um, but even more important than that, uh, I think we're so driven by what we do, uh, and. I mean, it was transformative for my life, my marriage, my career, when I understood uh, my identity in Christ. 
And uh, then how do I work as a coach? How do I work as a pastor out of that identity as right. opposed to for that identity? And uh, I think this men's night is going to touch on that, but I think that's an area we need to grow in. So any of the men's events that we do are going to be around that area of like, who are we as sons of God? And uh, so I think it's just really important for them to, to be around and diving into those things. Yeah. Let me close with this. Uh, give us, I know you're a reader, as I mentioned before, you always have a bunch of books on your desk. <laughs> so give us, give us one book that you'd want everyone to consider picking up and reading. Oh, give us a book recommendation. I'm going to turn the tables on you. Yeah. Since I'm usually the one getting this question, I want to, uh, to give us a book that's recommendation. some pressure right there on the spot. You didn't tell me you were going to ask me I that question. It. Yeah, that one in the back pocket. Um, I, uh, I tend to read a lot of things, uh, and, and I read like sections at a time. But uh, something that I read recently just from beginning to end, and I actually listened to it on Audible, and it was super inspiring and encouraging, and I cried like six times during it. Uh, was Defying Jihad yeah. by Esther Ahmad. And it's the story of a woman, it's a true story, uh, of a woman in Pakistan that uh, grows up in an Islamic family and an ex- Islamic culture and uh, is a Muslim and then becomes radicalized and decides uh, she's going to volunteer as a suicide bomber. And uh, Jesus radically saves her in a supernatural way. And then it's her story from there of living as a Christian in a militant Islamic context and being delivered from that and escaping from that and all the suffering that she had to go through that. And man, talk about encouraging, inspiring, making you value that you have the word of God that you can read and study and dive into. Uh, Just a really, really powerful story that was super encouraging to me. So Defying Jihad by Esther Ahmad, really, really good. Love it. Make sure to check that one out. Well, man, personally, I just want to say again, I'm so thankful for you. So, like, you are Thank such you. a blessing to our church family. Uh, to me personally, uh, you've been so life-giving over the last couple of years, and there's been some difficult ministry years. And so yeah. it's been so great to have you around and to learn from you and uh, just be a friend. So thankful Well, I feel you. the same way about you. Yeah. Incredible leader. And it's funny, uh, quick story. I was here for a full year <laughs> trying to figure out how do I lead the group's ministry here. And uh, you just kind of let me learn and grow and stumble and fall and go. And one day I was talking to you in casual conversation and you're like, yeah, I was the group's director at, you know, Mars Hill Mega Church. We had like 650 groups. And I'm like, you never mentioned that? You never once mentioned that to me? Uh, but I s- so much appreciate yeah. you. And I remember I met with you uh, when I first got here. We had scheduled every other week that I would meet with you. I met with you one time and just hearing your story and your ability to lead, I was like, nope, we're meeting every week. And we met every week after that for like two we years. Yeah. And uh, you've yeah. been incredibly valuable yeah. to me. And so then hard. you stopped wanting to hang out with me. So No, then you said we're not doing this. No. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, we love you guys. We're super thankful for you. uh, And we are here to help. So any way we can serve you, pray for you, help you get connected in the life of Stonegate, Group Connect. Uh, Men, make sure to join us on September 21st. We would love uh, to just care for you. So go to stonegate.church or even um, just message if you're watching on Facebook. We would love to serve you. Uh, We'll catch you guys next time in the next episode.